This is a recording of I of Myself Am a Wicked Man. Some notes on illusion and textual dependency in Omni 1, 1 through 2 by Matthew L. Bowen. Published in Interpreter, a Journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, read by Victor Worth. Abstract. Omni greatly revered his ancestors and their personal accounts on the small plates of Nephi. A close examination of Omni's brief autobiography, Omni 1, 1 through 3, evidences borrowing from all four of his predecessors' writings. Moreover, his self-description, I of myself am a wicked man, constitutes far more than a confession of religious dereliction. That self-assessment alludes to Nephi's autobiographical wordplay on his name in terms of good and having been born of goodly parents, and his grandfather Enos's similarly self-referential wordplay in describing his own father Jacob as a just man. Omni's name most likely represents a hypocharistic form of a longer theophoric name, Omniyahu, from the root Aleph M-N, meaning Yahweh is the object of my faith, or Yahweh is my guardian or nursing father, but could also be heard or understood as a gentilic, faithful one, or trustworthy one. These observations have implications for Omni's stated defense of his people, the Nephites, traditionally the good or fair ones, against the Lamanites, those who had dwindled in unbelief, cf. Hebrew lo emun. In the end, Omni's description of himself as a wicked man should be viewed in the context of his reverence for goodly and just ancestors and brought into balance with those sacred trusts in which he did prove faithful, preserving his people, his genealogy, and the small plates themselves. Years ago, John S. Tanner offered the following fresh appraisal of the five authors of the book of Omni and their mostly laconic autobiographical accounts. Quote, Many of Jacob's descendants, especially Omni and Abinadam, were refreshingly frank about their weaknesses. Perhaps we could learn from their humility and unblinking self-honesty as well. Moreover, all Jacob's descendants, even wicked Omni, treated the sacred records with respect. They appear to have felt the plate's power. The very inadequacy they expressed implies that they had read the record and been moved, even intimidated by its majesty. So it's not entirely fair to dismiss these men as apostate. Perhaps we shouldn't even assume the self-confessed are completely reprobate. All Jacob's posterity manifested humility, honesty, reverence for the sacred, and a common commitment to duty. This suggests that Jacob's legacy of righteousness was not utterly lost in his posterity. His righteous blood still flowed in their veins. His sensitivity still circulated in their souls. Close quote. A careful reading of the book of Omni suggests that the authors of that book revered the writings of their predecessors down to the word level. Omni and his descendants wrote their brief autobiographies, often using the language, phraseology, and syntax of earlier writings on the small plates of Nephi. Omni not only held the writings of his predecessors in reverence, but also relied upon and borrowed from the words of each to create a brief account of his own life. In this article, I focus on the writings of Omni himself as the first of the five writers of the book that bears his name. I will try to show how Omni's respect for his predecessors is evident in his use of and allusions to their writings. Recognizing Omni's borrowings helps us to better appreciate the quality and meaning of what he wrote. 
In particular, I endeavor to show that Omni's confession, I of myself am a wicked man, Omni 1-2, was in view of Nephi's and Innes's autobiographical introductions, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, 1 Nephi 1-1, and I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, Enos 1-1. To fully appreciate what Omni does in his self-effacing confession, one must observe how scrupulously Omni uses the language of his predecessors. Probable meanings of Omni's name, Yahweh is the object of my faith, Yahweh is my guardian, or even faithful one, emerge as relevant not only with respect to Omni's confession, but also with respect to the context of declining Nephite faith and faithfulness in the epoch in which Omni and his sons lived. I, Omni. Omni's opening syntax and the meaning of the name Omni. Regarding Omni's opening statement, Brant Gardner writes, quote, Almost certainly he copied this opening phrase from his father's, Jerem's, record. It should therefore be considered formulaic rather than descriptive. Close quote. Omni begins in similar fashion to his father. Jerem 1.1 Now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandment of my father. Omni 1.1 Behold, it came to pass that I, Omni, being commanded by my father. Jerem, in turn, models his self-introduction on the self-introduction of his grandfather Jacob. Jacob 1, 1-2. See below. While Gardner is certainly correct as to Omni's imitation of his father Jerem's emphasis on keeping a genealogy, a close inspection reveals additional textual dependency. The syntax of Omni's opening statement appears to closely follow that of his grandfather Enos. Enos 1.1 Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father, Omni went one. Behold, it came to pass that I, Omni, being commanded by my father. Both begin with a particle rendered behold, cf. Hebrew hine or Egyptian m equal k, mk. This is followed by a verb rendered it came to pass, Hebrew hayah, Egyptian hprn. There follows in both instances first-person statements of authorial responsibility, I Enos and I Omni, as following the precedent established by Nephi at the outset of the small plates. See 1 Nephi 1.1. As Robert F. Smith has noted, the name Omni may derive from the Hebrew root Aleph M.N. Omni is best explained as a hypocharistic form of Omniahu following the same pattern as the names Omri and Zimri. He further recommends the reading, Yahweh, the Lord, is my trust, or the substantive omen, with a first common singular pronomial suffix, thus omni, my faithfulness, trust, the object of my faithfulness or trust, or as a gentilic, faithful, trustworthy. In other words, Omni translates easily as Yahweh, the Lord, is the object of my faith, or faithful one. Another possibility runs along similar lines. If the Aleph MN element in Omni is the Hebrew substantive omen, attendant or guardian of children, the name would mean Yahweh is my attendant or Yahweh is my guardian, i.e. Yahweh is the one who brought me up or Yahweh is my nursing father. In the Hebrew Bible, we see this word used in several relevant instances. Moses complains to the Lord that the latter is expecting him to function as Israel's omen. Quote, 
Have I begotten them, that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father, Ha-Omen, beareth the sucking child, close quote, Numbers 11.12. Isaiah prophesies that Gentile kings will be Israel's nursing fathers, Omenaik, Isaiah 49.23, 1 Nephi 21.23, 2 Nephi 6.7, and 10.9, as the masculine counterpart to the wet nurse, Minikotaik, equal thy nursing mothers, Isaiah 49.23 et al. Mordecai served as Esther's, or Hadassah's, omen. Quote, he, Mordecai, brought up, omen, Hadassah, that is, Esther, Esther 2.7. Esther uses the cognate noun in nearly an identical sense. Quote, Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up, omna, with him, perhaps in trust with him, Esther 2.20. The Deuteronomistic historian twice mentions Haomenim, the guardians or bringers up, of Ahab's children in 2 Kings 10.1 and 5, i.e. those whom he had entrusted to bring them up. Mormon preserves a possible wordplay on Ammon that might reflect a similar idea. Quote, now we see that Ammon could not be slain, for the Lord had said unto Mosiah his father, I will spare him, and it shall be unto him according to thy faith. Therefore Mosiah trusted him unto the Lord. Alma 19.23 In either case, one can clearly hear the Hebrew root Aleph M.N., and thus the latent idea of faith, faithfulness, and trust in the name Omni. The Lord, Yahweh, is the one in whom the one named Omni, quote, has faith, or, quote, trusts, or Yahweh is the one who is entrusted with the one so named. But perhaps Omni also functioned as a kind of gentilic noun, faithful one, or trustworthy one. The name Lamoni, as a nisbe, or nisbah, adjectival form of layman, i.e. Lamanite, or one of or descended from Laman, appears to have functioned precisely in this way. I have argued elsewhere that the gentilic terms Nephite, goodly one, Egyptian NFR, Lamanite, pejoratively treated as unfaithful or unbelieving one, Zoramite, pejoratively one who is lifted up or high one, just as the term Jew or Judahite, one who is to be praised or one who is to be thanked, Y-D-Y, Y-D-H, praise or thank, function similarly. It is further possible that Jerem had something like the following in mind when he named his son Omni. Quote, and it came to pass that they came many times against us, the Nephites, to battle. But our kings and our leaders were mighty men in the faith, and were not of the Lord, Yahweh. And they taught the people the ways of the Lord. Wherefore, we withstood the Lamanites and swept them away out of our lands and began to fortify our cities or whatsoever place of our inheritance. Jerem 1.7 As we will see, the Aleph-M-N connection has implications for Omni's defense of his people against the Lamanites and his confession of having been a wicked man. Commanded to Preserve Our Genealogy Beyond his imitation of the opening syntax of Enos' autobiography, Omni aligns the contents of his subsequent phraseology to the opening statements of Jacob and Jerem. Both Jacob and Jerem emphasize the commandment concerning future content of the small plates that their immediate predecessors, Nephi and Enos, respectively, gave. 
Jacob 1, 1 through 2, and Jerem 1, 1. For behold, it came to pass that fifty and five years had passed away from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem. Wherefore, Nephi gave me, Jacob, a commandment concerning these small plates upon which these things are engraven. And he gave me, Jacob, a commandment that I should write upon these plates a few of the things which I considered to be most precious. Jacob 1, 1 through 2. Now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandment of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept. Jerem 1, 1. Omni 1, 1. Behold, it came to pass that I, Omni, being commanded of my father, Jerem, that I should write somewhat upon these plates to preserve our genealogy. When Nephi records the Lord's direct commandment to make the small plates, he reports that the Lord commanded him, quote, Make other plates, and thou shalt engraven many things upon them which are good in my sight for the profit of thy people. 2 Nephi 5.30 Good here appears to be an allusion to Nephi's own name, Egyptian NFR, good. Even prior to this, however, near the outset of the small plates record, Nephi had stated his intent to, quote, write the things of God, close quote, upon these plates, 1 Nephi 6.3. Then he further declared, quote, Wherefore, the things which are pleasing unto the world I do not write, but the things which are pleasing unto God and unto them which are not of the world. Wherefore, I shall give commandment unto my seed that they shall not occupy these plates with things which are not of worth unto the children of men. 1 Nephi 6, 5-6 Sometime after his making of the small plates and the foregoing statement of intent, Nephi changed his plan to pass on this record to his seed, and instead decided to entrust the small plates to Jacob his brother, with a commandment to, quote, write upon these plates a few of the things which I, Jacob, considered to be most precious, Jacob 1-2. Jacob states that he passed the small plates on to his son Enos, and, quote, told him the things which my brother Nephi had commanded me, and he promised obedience unto the commands. Jacob 7.27 For his part, Enos never mentions the small plates upon which he made his record, except implicitly as part of the larger body of Nephite records, Enos 1.13-16. Nor does he ever mention his son Jerem. Jerem, however, explains that he was first, quote, writing a few words according to the commandment of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept, close quote. And second, that, quote, these things, i.e., the small plates, are written for the intent of the benefit of our brethren the Lamanites. Jerem 1.2 Jerem demurs on writing much in terms of recording prophecy or revelation. Quote, For what could I write more than my fathers have written? Jerem 1.2 And he closes his short record with the statement, quote, And I deliver these plates into the hands of my son Omni, that they may be kept according to the commandments of my fathers. Jerem 1.15 Terence Zing suggests that Jerem, quote, seems to have not understood the nature or purpose of the record to be kept upon the plates, close quote, and believes, quote, that Jerem made a mistake in not writing his prophecies and revelations, close quote. However, Jerem's statement that the small plate's contents, quote, were written for the intent of the benefit of the Lamanites, suggests that he did understand the overarching purpose. Zinc acknowledges Jerem's recognition that the latter's predecessors had already, quote, revealed the plan of salvation, Jerem 1, 2. 
However, Jerem did not need to replicate Nephi's treatise on the doctrine of Christ, 2 Nephi 31-32, especially if he had limited space to write. Nephi's statement in 1 Nephi 6-6, They shall not occupy these plates with things which are not of worth unto the children of men, implies that the small plates had limited space from the outset, hence they are being described as small. Amalekai's assertion at the end of the small plates, quote, These plates are full, Omni 130, strongly suggests that space considerations increasingly became a concern for Jerem and his successors. It may have been a contributing factor to the autobiographies before Amalekai becoming increasingly laconic. Amalekai's decision to write a longer autobiography and account than his immediate predecessors seems to reflect an a priori decision to end the record and hand it over to King Benjamin, since he himself had, quote, no seed, Omni 125. In other words, Amalekai knew that he no longer needed to conserve space for future generations, since he was the last in his line, so he filled up what remained. Beginning with their transfer from Enos to Jerem, the small plates increasingly took on a genealogical function, the family story of one line of Jacob's descendants. Omni's autobiography accelerated that trend. I fought much with the sword to preserve my people, Omni as protector or preserver against the Lamanites. Omni partly takes his cue for describing his days, wherefore in my days, from Nephi's circumstantial clauses in 1 Nephi 1.1, quote, Having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless, having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days, close quote. But Omni also has two other statements from earlier in the small plates in mind in the description of his days that follows. 2 Nephi 6.2 and Jacob 1.10 Behold, my beloved brethren, that I, Jacob, having been called of God and ordained after the manner of his holy order, and having been consecrated by my brother Nephi, unto whom ye look as a king or a protector, and on whom ye depend for safety, behold, ye know that I have spoken unto you exceeding many things. 2 Nephi 6.2 The people having loved Nephi exceedingly, he having been a great protector for them, having wielded the sword of Laban in their defense, and having labored in all his days for their welfare. Jacob 1.10 Omni 1.2 Wherefore in my days I would that ye should know that I fought much with the sword to preserve my people, the Nephites, from falling into the hands of their enemies, the Lamanites. Trading Jacob's two descriptions of his brother Nephi in 2 Nephi 6.2 and Jacob 1.10 as a protector, Jacob, Yaakob, may God protect. Omni emphasizes that he, like Nephi, his predecessor, preserved his people by means of the sword. Conceivably, the sword that Omni used to preserve his people was one of the many made after the pattern of the sword of Laban, as mentioned in 2 Nephi 5.14, quote, And I did take the sword of Laban, and after the manner of it, did make many swords, lest by any means the people who are now called Lamanites, should come upon us and destroy us. For I knew their hatred toward me and my children, and they who were called my people. The generational wars in which Omni had fought, of course, had already begun during Nephi's time. See 2 Nephi 5.34. As has been noted elsewhere, the Nephites very early on began to treat the name Laman 
and its Gentilic derivative, Lamanites, in terms of unbelief or no faith. CF especially Hebrew Lo Emun, Deuteronomy 32.20. The outcome shown to Nephi in vision regarding the posterity of Laman, Lemuel, and the sons of Ishmael had long since come to fulfillment. Quote, These shall dwindle in unbelief. 1 Nephi 12.22. The Lamanites dwindling in unbelief became the stock and trade of the Nephites' pejorative view of them. C.E.G. Mosiah 1, 5-6, Alma 56, 3-4, Mormon 5:15. Jerem's statement in Jerem 1, 7 is meant at least partly to contrast the faith and faithfulness of the Nephite leaders with the unbelieving or unfaithful Lamanites, and perhaps implicitly some of the stiff-necked Nephites themselves. Quote, And it came to pass that the Lamanites came many times against us, the Nephites, to battle. But our kings and our leaders were mighty men in the faith, Hebrew emunat, of the Lord. And they taught the people the ways of the Lord, wherefore we withstood the Lamanites, cf. Loemun, and swept them away out of our lands, Jerem 1.7. It is not impossible that when Jerem wrote the foregoing, Omni was already one of the Nephite leaders, and was on some level one of the mighty men in the faith of the Lord, i.e. mighty men in the faith of Yahweh. Whatever his personal failings, Omni had not fully dwindled in unbelief, like Laman and Lemuel, and their posterity. And Yahweh was still the object of his faith, as implied by his name, Omni, equal, Yahweh is the object of my faith. Omni still had faith in the Lord, Yahweh, whom he mentions at the end of Omni 1-2. Omni had been faithful to the sacred trust of, quote, preserving Jacob's descendants' genealogy, close quote. He also proved true and faithful to a second trust, quote, preserving his people, close quote. Thus, the reader should bring into balance Omni's subsequent self-confession with his keeping of these two trusts. But behold, I of myself am a wicked man. Although he links himself to Jacob, Enos, and Jerem in terms of his faithful preservation of the family genealogy, and to Nephi in terms of faithfully wielding the sword to preserve his people, Omni puts tremendous distance between himself and his predecessors in terms of his personal righteousness. A comparison between the autobiographical introductions of Nephi, Enos, and Omni speaks to Omni's acute consciousness on this point. 1 Nephi 1.1 and Enos 1.1 I, Nephi, and afar equal good, having been born of goodly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father, and having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless, having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days, yea, having had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God, therefore I make a record of my proceedings in my days. First Nephi 1 Nephi 1.1 Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, Enosh, knowing my father that he was a just man, Hebrew Ish, Enosh, for he taught me in his language and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Enos 1.1 Omni 1.1-2 Behold, it came to pass that I, Omni, equal faithful one, Yahweh is my faith, being commanded by my father, wherefore in my days I would that ye should know that I fought much with the sword to preserve my people, the Nephites, cf. good, fair ones, from falling into the hands of their enemies, the Lamanites, cf. the unfaithful ones. But behold, I of myself am a wicked man, and I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done.
Thus, Omni's description of himself as a wicked man has at least a double reference. His quote-unquote confession recalls Enos' description of his father, Jacob, as a just man, including the play on the meaning of Enos' name, man. Both Omni's self-evaluation as a wicked man and Enos' description of his father as a just man recall Nephi's description of Lehi, the patriarch of both Nephites and Lamanites, as a goodly parent. See if his later description of Lehi as a tender parent, 1 Nephi 8.37. The qualifying phrase, of myself, in Omni's confession, I of myself am wicked man, inverts the force of the autobiographical word plays of Nephi, I Nephi having been born of goodly parents, and Enos, I Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man. By means of wordplay, Nephi and later Enos, imitating Nephi, had attributed the appropriateness of their names to qualities or attributes possessed by their parents. Omni uses an antonymic adjective rendered wicked as a deliberate and self-effacing means of distinguishing himself from his good forefathers, Lehi and Nephi, and the just men, Jacob and Enos, who were his ancestors. In particular, Omni's use of the self-description wicked man echoes Enos' description of Jacob as a just man, as the very obverse of the latter description. I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. Omni explains what he means by the self-confession, I of myself am a wicked man, with the admission, I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. Here, too, we find a possible intertextual precedent in the small plates. Nephi affirms his people's fidelity to the law of Moses with his use of the stereotyped formula, keep the judgments and the statutes and the commandments of the Lord, 2 Nephi 5.10. Nephi derives this formula from the book of Deuteronomy, which attests the formula, the commandments and the statutes and the judgments, and slight variations thereon, in abundance. Omni seems to have borrowed Nephi's language from 2 Nephi 5.10. The precise wording, quote, the statutes and the commandments of the Lord, appears only here in an Omni 1.2. 2 Nephi 5.10 and 1 Nephi 17.22. And we did observe to keep the judgments and the statutes and the commandments of the Lord in all things according to the law of Moses. 2 Nephi 5.10. Compare Laman and Lemuel's reported speech, quote, And we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people, for they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord and all his commandments, according to the law of Moses. Wherefore we know that they are a righteous people. 1 Nephi 17.22 Omni 1.2 But behold, I of myself am a wicked man, and have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. Thus, Omni's partial use of the Deuteronomic Commandments formula amounts to a confession of failure to fully keep the law of Moses. Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millet write, quote, It need not be supposed from such an admission that he, Omni, was guilty of any gross immorality, but rather that he was not zealous in honoring the law of Moses and in keeping other religious obligations, close quote. Zinc rightly suggests that, quote, we should not be too quick to condemn Omni. We might ask ourselves, who among us has kept the statutes and commandments of the Lord as he or she ought to have done? The fact that Omni admits that he was a wicked man is at least evidence of humility. Wicked people do not normally acknowledge the fact that they are wicked, close quote.
Perhaps Omni felt that he had not adequately lived up to his father's description of those, quote, leaders who were mighty men in the faith of the Lord, Jerem 1.7, and wished to distance himself from that description. He would not suffer that the words should not be verified. Whatever other religious obligations Omni failed to keep, he had been true to the preservation of his people, i.e. his community, and the preservation of his genealogy. He had at least taught his sons Amaron and Chemish enough of the ways of the Lord, Jerem 1.7, that they were able to faithfully and conscientiously preserve the small plates. Amaron, for his part, recognized the activation of the Lord's judgments during his own time, and reported the verification of the Lord's words thus, quote, For the Lord would not suffer after he had led them out of the land of Jerusalem, and kept and preserved them from falling into the hands of their enemies. Yea, he would not suffer that the words should not be verified, which he spake unto our fathers, saying that inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall not prosper in the land. Wherefore, the Lord did visit them in great judgment. Nevertheless, he did spare the righteous, that they should not perish, but to deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. Omni 1, 6-7 Two passages from the Hebrew Bible use idioms that describe the verification of previously spoken words, human and divine. They offer intimations of how the Nephites would have expressed this idea, including the authors of the small plates, i.e. with causative forms of the verb Aleph M-N. In the Joseph cycle, Joseph, still unknown to his brothers, uses the Hiphil form of Aleph M-N, Quote, but bring your youngest brother unto me, so that your words be verified, weya amenu, and ye shall not die. Genesis 42.20 Solomon uses a similar form of Aleph Mn in his temple dedicatory prayer. Quote, and now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, ye amen, which thou spakest unto thy servant David my father. 1 Kings 8.26 these passages shed further light on both Amaron's words in Omni 1, 6-7, but also on his grandfather Jerem's description of the verification of the Lord's words generations earlier, words which Amaron directly borrows. We recall Jerem's mention of the Nephite leaders, Jerem 1, 7, mighty men in the faith, Emunat, of the Lord. Leaders which may have even included Omni, despite his self-confession, I of myself am a wicked man. Jerem then reports, quote, And thus being prepared to meet the Lamanites, C.F. Loemun, no faith, unbelief, they did not prosper against us. But the word of the Lord was verified, which he spake unto our fathers, saying, That inasmuch as ye will keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. Jerem 1.9 Amaron reworks Jerem's earlier statement, inverting it into a double negative. Quote, he would not suffer that the words should not be verified which he spake unto our fathers, saying that inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall not prosper in the land. In the context of the books of Jerem and Omri, Amaron's apparent use of the verb Aleph M-N, or its equivalent, becomes a wordplay on the name of his father, Omni, and on Lamanites. Similar wordplay on Aleph M-N and Lamanites recurs in the book of Alma at Alma 9.14, 25, 12, and 17, 50, 19, and 21. Conclusion When we examine Omni's declaration, I am of myself a wicked man, Omni 1-2, in the context of and as an allusion to the earlier autobiographical introductions of Nephi, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, 
First Nephi 1 1. And Enos, I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, Enos 1 1, on the small plates, it appears less a self confession and more self effacement. Where Nephi and Enos used wordplay that attributed the appropriateness of their names to righteous parentage, goodly parents, and a just man, Omni wished to distance his personal failings, small or great, from Jerem, his father, and his predecessors. He revered them. Jerem's description of Nephite leaders who were, quote, mighty men in the faith, emunat, of the Lord, Yahweh, Jerem 1.7, if not a description meant to include his son Omni, at least reflects the sentiment and hope embodied in the naming of Omni, faithful one, or Yahweh is the object of my faith. Whatever Omni's personal failings, we should never look past the fact that his preservation of his people and genealogy meant the preservation of Nephi's small plates themselves and all that they contain. Omni reared and taught his sons, Amaron and Chemish, who, whatever their personal failings, faithfully kept and preserved the small plates. Amaron recognized the activation or verification, cf. Amenu, of the Lord's words regarding the Nephites, during Omni's and his own time, Omni 1.6, C.F. Jerem 1.9. In proving faithful to this trust, Omni and his descendants are to be praised and thanked for their faithfulness no less than those who preserved the ancient biblical texts, C.F. 2 Nephi 29.4. The author would like to thank Susie Bowen, Victor Worth, Alan Wyatt, Jeffrey D. Lindsay, Don Norton, Tanya Spackman, Daniel C. Peterson, Steve Densley, and Mark Johnson. Matthew L. Bowen was raised in Orem, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an Associate Professor in Religious Education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He is the author of Name as Keyword, Collected Essays on Onomastic Wordplay and the Temple in Mormon Scripture, Salt Lake City, Interpreter Foundation at Eborn Books, 2018. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blattberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Nell. This has been a recording of I of Myself Am a Wicked Man, some notes on illusion and textual dependency in Omni 1, 1-2, by Matthew Bowen, published in Interpreter, a journal of Latter-day Saint Faith and Scholarship, Volume 40, 2020, read by Victor Worth. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged, the journal and its website are credited, and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles on Latter-day Saint scripture can be found at journal.interpreterfoundation.org. More information about the Interpreter Foundation, along with a wide array of additional resources, can be found at interpreterfoundation.org.